this weekend called audio. audio. Tune in, tune in, tune in. What we talking about, bass? Talking about chips, talking about rings. You ain't got them, zip your lip. You got a problem you ever found? Check your grounds. This show about to start. Start. Tune in, 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 tune in. This weekend car audio. Welcome to This Week in Car Audio with your host, Doug Stockton, and your co-host, special guest this week, Dave Bradshaw. Team Send It. Uh, <laughs> our special guest this week, uh, last week we had on Mechman Alternators, this week we got somebody that even predates him, that's going to be Tom Iliopoulos. How do you say that last name, Tom? Iliopoulos, but you did all right. Doug going to butcher that. Oh, no, you, you, no, it's been butchered a lot worse. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Just ask Dave uh, at my car shows. I can butcher some names out there. Uh, uh, every time. Yep. So you guys can see I'm here real quick. I'm sharing this. I'm almost done. If you guys, anybody watching this right now, please share this with as many groups as you can. Let's see if we can't get this thing to grow as good as we possibly can. Uh, help us reach out and uh, get other people involved in this thing. So Like and smash that share button. Make yep. sure. Yep, share the like button. Don't forget to hit the angry button. Remember, YouTube or I'm sorry, Facebook loves the uh, loves the angry button. If you yeah, guys, well, I'm I'm on here, so I'm pretty sure you're going to get a lot of those angry buttons. Those. <laughs> if you guys are on uh, YouTube right now, watching us live on YouTube, uh, hit the you know send a comment so I can see that you're watching. Um, Justin says he doesn't ever think I butchered his name. Uh, we Brian. got Brian Nyman in the house. Yep. Corey Collins. Looks like we got some MTX family in here. All right. Uh, bro Tony. Team Send It members. <laughs> Is Stolman with Team Send It now? That's coming out. Yeah. I mean, I might as well make the announcement. Uh, <laughs> Tom, he is going to be an official uh, Team Send It uh, member. I uh, just haven't made the public announcement. Well, apparently you just did. Yeah, he asked me if I was going to announce it. Told him I was going to avoid. I want to be more professional, but since you asked. All right, cool. Um, also, so uh, last week, like we said, we had uh, Mechman Alternators on here. Now we're going to go with uh, Ohio Generators. They are out of what part of Ohio are you out of? Uh, we're in Louisville, Ohio, which is right outside of Canton. Okay. So we're Canton area, basically. Louisville? I thought it was Louisville. Yeah. Well, it's Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, that's right. Louisville, Louis Kentucky. named after St. Louis, so we're, and we're right next to the St. Louis Church, actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah, about the same. Yeah. So, Just so pronounce the, a little different. Yep. So they, they predate Meckman. Um, Meckman actually started about the same time, but uh, as you heard uh, from the gentleman last week, he kind of purchased it later on. But Mr. Tom here, he's been around the whole time. So uh, tell us a little bit of history, uh, Ohio Generators, your your kind of history in the game of uh, building, 
you know, generator right. or well, alternator. Started the shop with well, I'd, Actually, at a gas station, couldn't buy a starter alternator at work. So I'd buy them and fix them and put them on cars. And then I bought into a generator shop, and then I bought, bought half, then I bought the other half, and then brought my brother aboard. And we started doing a lot of government contracts, and we were doing really well. And I had a employee, Bert Orban. Uh, he, did, he had Orban Audio. He said, oh, you got to build high-up alternators for car audio. So I didn't even have a clue what it was. So we... We gave him a, whatever, a certain amount of money, and he started doing it. And they weren't working quite right, so I got in on it. Because I was redesigning government uh, starters and alternators. And the first alternators we were building were only like 120 to 130 amps. Okay. They were the old 10DN. Other companies at that time had the old 10DN, they call it, and then a large case Ford. And they'd sell you a bracket kit and you'd have to make it fit. Those are mostly for like taxi cabs and the shuttle buses that ran right. Yeah. And I started taking specific alternators and high amp that alternator, whatever it was, be it, you know, just different models. And I hooked up with a guy, uh, Rob from Hoosier Electric. He did my stators and rotors. Then I got with uh, Marcus, was an engineer for transpo electronics they did rectifiers and regulators so started out small and there wasn't as many part numbers back then as there is now so it's a lot easier it just kept evolving and evolving and i just kept making that's i spent a lot of time basically most of my life doing r d on alternators and making them bigger and better and burn burning a lot of stuff up in the process which is part of the fun <laughs> right right I've always loved the industry. I mean, that caught my wife's waiting for me to outgrow it, but <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> I don't know what to tell her, but it just kept evolving and evolving. But I really didn't have anyone to copy. Right. I designed regulators, rectifiers, stators, rotors, and then the combination of all the parts. And that's kind of where we're at now. Where I, now I push high quality on every single part I can get. I push that just try to get the highest quality and make these things really work right. And we do have stuff that, well, we actually flew up a $50,000 test bench with the alternator did about 420 amps. Didn't re realize the alternator hurt the machine, but found out soon enough. But anyhow, but that's kind of the evolution. It, we just evolved from 120 amp alternators up to stuff that's actually hitting 400. We're rating them. I've got stuff we rated 350, but I don't. I like to underrate. I'm more of the old school instead yep. of the overrating. But what I sell, I I make sure it works right. And where you are in the loudest cars on the planet right now. I mean, we've got world records all over the place. Yeah. So, so who are some of the competitors that are uh, running your stuff currently? Um, boy, you had to do that to me. <laughs> well, hey, you brought it up. Right. Yeah, I should I should remember more names that I'm gonna remember right now. Tag on he's like And Sam Horn, he we worked a lot with him and he was you mentioned him earlier. Dude, the, he was he was a judge in the Cleveland area. Yep. But I'm trying to think the guys that just hit that one eighty was it one eighty three at world finals. RP? Right. We're in their vehicle. Oh so so RP uh, runs like seven vehicles and you're pretty much so right we were in one uh, of his yeah. most likely you're in all of them right but yeah we are in the <laughs> number one car then uh james whitehead he runs that base head life out of washington oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah washington 
Right. I just met yeah. him. I just met him uh, about a month ago. Oh, he's a good guy to know. He helps yeah, people. He's yeah. one of those that likes to help people out too. If you need a hand, he'll help you. And uh, well, boy, we got so many. Uh, I'm trying to think. This guy in Texas has more world records than anybody's. Uh, Michael Jones. Okay. He's out of Texas. He he has more world records than anybody else on the planet. Um, and he has. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, I would I'd have to bring in some uh Andrew McCain. Andrew yeah, McCain's so, got yeah. um thirty-three world records. Okay. So in car audio. Right. That's a lot. Right. Oh, it sure <laughs> is. Yeah. And that's respectable. No, it I mean, absolutely that's... is. I almost brought him on tonight. Um uh-huh. but uh uh you know, instead I brought Dave on. Um but yeah, no, he's he's good. Uh Andrew McCain, his um you know, like you said, you do the TTD, right? Test to destruction mm-hmm. when you're uh, oh, yeah. trying out new stuff. <laughs> well, he tested to destruction his uh, van <laughs> through the years. And, uh, you know, oh, he was God. hitting, uh, I think he said a 73.8 or something in Super Street class. And this was, I don't know, six That's years incredible. ago or something. Yeah. Right. So I was at a show in Greenville, North Carolina. 139 was the loudest car on the planet. And I watched Mark Fukuda hit a, yep. did like a 143. And you've never seen so many people go nuts and you're like, a 143. Yep. <laughs> that was the world record at that time. And it was just yeah. the place went crazy. But so, yeah, I've witnessed a lot of that stuff happen. It was great. So I loved you, it. Do you know Matt Bransoy? Uh, he was Boy, out I of know Wisconsin. The name, I he was the one who brought the CRX to the DB drag world. Um, he's one that introduced it. It was a yellow CRX. Uh, I don't remember what he ran specifically. I think he ran digital design stuff, but he, um, so he was the first guy to do 150 in the street classes. Mm-hmm. And then, so I ended up being the third guy to do 150 in street classes. And, right. and then that's when I evolved into a judge shortly after that. But yeah, so right. I mean, uh, some of that stuff was really cool. I built me, I built back in, 2000 or 99 i built a super street one to two vehicle that was doing 59s and you know the only amplifiers we had back then were a couple of thousand watt amplifiers and we could only get two of them to each sub because they were dual voice coil before the quads came out you know right so you know we're running realistically about 4,000 watts and i'm doing high 58s low 59s with it in a super street one to two vehicle Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, those are great numbers. And, you know, back then we had to really, really focus on efficiency. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. And now you can overcome efficiency with power. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a big deal. Um, right. And then part of it, too, uh, back then we had to use uh, they actually made a rule in DB drag. I don't know if it was used specifically, but we had to, we they changed the rules and I can't remember exactly when, but they changed the rule where you had to use a factory alternator. But I know a lot of people that may have had a factory GM alternator case. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I might have heard about that. <laughs> But no, we did that with MTX, Alma Gates. We did her vehicles, Scott Owens with Panasonic, yep. um, Kicker, Rockford. We were in a lot of huge vehicles that those guys did. Yeah. Scott uh, Owens yeah. was on here a few months ago. I actually called him too to see if he wanted to come and talk to you because I knew he ran your stuff. Yeah. So I, I was initially when That's Lucky smart. told me. 
that he wasn't going to be here. Then I started calling people that I know ran your stuff throughout the years and they all happened to be busy. It was a short term thing. You know, Lucky ran into right. some personal issues. Uh, he called me, you know, like an hour and a half or two hours ago and just said, hey, <laughs> I ain't going to make it tonight. You know, find a fill in. Right. So. Um, but, you know, Luck Lucky's here. He's done 37 of my 39 shows or 36 of my 39 shows with me. So, uh, you know, he, he's usually hearing about and uh, he's a great guy. And, um, you know, he, he's a good ambassador for the sport, too. Alright. So, um I uh, did have a question for you brought to you us directly from Sam. He said something okay. about you, Bruce Lee, and a Dotson. He said you might have uh, Bruce Lee's Dotson or something. It's uh uh English Rover. Okay. It's a it's a British car. Oh. And the guy I bought it from actually said it was Bruce Lee's car in California. And okay. I've never been able to prove it. It said Bruce Berman Lee on the title, but I still own that car. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was never able to 100% prove it. But and then he did. That's what he drove was those Rovers. Oh, okay. So, was, was it like, yellow? Not uh, no, white. Oh, okay. When I was white, right? Yeah. Very cool. And yeah, then. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, you don't do anything with that. Is that your daily driver? Just kind of sits and. Oh, I have too many cars. <laughs> cars, motorcycles out the wazoo. So yeah. That's where Sam told me to go next. <laughs> James White actually uh, commented, Tom is the man, and uh, he said you have some sweet old school Harleys. Yes, that's oh, yeah. what, that's what uh, uh, Sam said to get at you next. Talk to you about your Harleys. What, so what do you got? Uh, the oldest is a 1917 Harley. It's a V-twin, three-speed, right. And That's... you light the headlight and the taillight. It's got carbide lights on it. <laughs> and then I've got a 21. I've got six Indians, and I forget how many Harleys. I kind of lost count. <laughs> but I just buy them. I don't sell them. But I do have a 1936 four-cylinder Indian also. And that's cool. Those but I ride you... my my rider's a '52 Indian Chief. That's my that's what I put around on. That that's got to be cool. way more comfortable than the '19 Indian. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that that 1917 actually has a lot of spring action on it, and the Indians have a lot of spring. But I've had some Harleys where they're a tougher, whatever, rigid frame. Those things are hard. Okay. <laughs> but, oh yeah, I love rebuilding old cars and motorcycles, and man, that stuff's kind of fun. Oh yeah. It hey is. Tom, what what year did you start with the alternators exactly? Well, I start. I incorporated the shop in '79, but I was doing it a couple of years before that. And then, but then once I incorporated, I brought my brother and his partner, and we started doing uh, like local rebuilding. And our stuff was off the charts because you really couldn't buy a good starter and alternator back then. You buy something, put it in a car, and hope it works. So started going with the higher level of quality and we were really really i got up to 30 employees within five years we were doing over we borrowed 20 but 20 000 to get started within five years we were doing over a million a year and i was Damn. doing buku government contracts until the we did forty thousand alternators for the military we're building 500 a day it took almost three years to build them but what were those was, going in, if I can ask? Uh, it was called a Cook V. It was basically a Suburban that 
and they, were, they had two alternators on them, and they would use them. They would for twenty four volts to jumpstart tanks, but that's what they were using them for. And uh, yeah, those did well. And then the uh, economy crashed, the uh, stock market went to hell, and everything went in a hell in a handbag. Basically, it just fell off Mondo's really, really fast. So I kept the high amp alternator part of it, and we pretty much shut down the rest of it. We were losing money staying open. I had thirty employees. <laughs> So, well, the government contract is where you go. It's like a ten thousand dollar alternator to them. Yeah, well, I wasn't over right, but I wasn't overcharging them. When that stock market crashed and seemed like everything fell in at once, it just—it was a tough hit. And my brother lost a lot of interest. We could have kept it, the commercial stuff going, but he just then the Chinese stuff started coming in. We couldn't even buy the parts to fix a starter alternator for what they were selling a whole unit for. Damn. So it kind of, yeah, we got hit all at once. Perfect wrong timing. So, yeah. But the high end stuff, I kept that going and it doing well. It, it, it always yeah. had. Yeah. So you had, you had a competitor, a uh, guy that worked for you that was a competitor and he's got you into that. Um, so did he help kind of start getting you into like the external alternate uh, external regulated and no, Bert, Bert was doing capacitors okay he started doing capacitors before everybody else mm -hmm. I mean he was way ahead of it it was called Orban Audio and he repaired a lot of stuff for rental places that rent televisions and anything with the speaker in it he would do a lot of speaker repair but fortunately he had a heart attack at a very young age and passed away but he's a inspiration to get it started and then we just kept it going from there so, but, so yeah. has there been like one competitor or a handful is there like somebody that really sticks out to you that really helped you develop um towards the car audio side of the uh ohio generators as it is now well i started going to I've been to every Daytona spring, I missed four, but I've been to every Daytona spring break except for four of them. Okay. So when I went to, once I went to one of those, it was like, holy crap, it was like a new world and just something I hadn't seen. And that's kind of, <laughs> it, it, I don't even call it disease or a drug or whatever. I just caught the bug and couldn't stop. I just, I had so many people wanting, can you do this? Can you do that? I kept trying to satisfy what people's demands were and stuff. Yeah. And I did stuff for television shows, uh, Pip My Ride. I've known Mike and Cabe Sipe. And actually at Slamology, Cabe Sipe's booth is always next to mine. So he spends a whole weekend trying to aggravate me, which he does pretty well. But <laughs> we have fun. You know? And Mike showed up one year for that too. And, that, mm -hmm. and a bunch of, last year, he had about three or four guys that were on that show that actually came out. So it's kind of neat. Yeah, and Slam Algae, boy, boy, I don't know what happened without them. That's really helped open eyes back up and help it helped grow the industry a lot. It did. So that started out at a real low. My first Slamology, there was 45 cars competing, and me and Scotty Johnson were the only two <laughs> vendors. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and I was going from that to tease. It's, well, it's gone, gone last well. year, last year I ran the DB drag portion of that, and we went uh -huh. through 113 individual competitors. Wow! So, um, yeah, and that was DB drag only, right? That doesn't include Mecca, right. Mecca Niasca, USAC, Niasca, right? All that stuff. Right. So, yeah. was right. Slamology still at the same venue? 
uh, back then or did it morph into where it is now at the raceway place? No, when I first went to it, it was at the raceway, but it, it was only like where the oval track part was, and there wasn't even that many people there. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it just expanded to where it uses the whole facility now. Kind of like what Stockton Beatdown started out as, and hopefully right. that's oh, yeah. going to grow. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, he doesn't I, overcharge. He, he gets people in at a reason, because a lot of these kids that get into this don't have a lot of money. Yep. So uh, you can help them out. We don't charge them as much. Heck, we used to give away food until they tell me I can't cook anymore. I used to give away burgers, pop. If you shut up at our booth, it was free. Whatever you want, we just gave it away. Yep. And kind of upset a few vendors because they were getting nine bucks for burgers. But that's too <laughs> they were. So we uh-huh. used to give all that stuff away. No, yeah. no, no. I... What's, the, uh, what's the biggest alternator that you've ever tried to build? Have you ever had any crazy requests? Oh, you always get the requests, but the ones that the highest amp one we did did like that 418. That's before it shut the machine down. It might have gone higher. But that's in a large case Denzo hairpin, and it had very custom parts in it. But we were revving it as high as we could, putting the biggest load on the, as much field current. I mean, we were running it to its max, which it'll never do on a car. I mean, that's how I actually do my R&D is by making something that I blow it up and then I fix the parts that blow up and yep. try to modify it. But without physically getting larger in size, you're not going to get a lot more out of that thing. At 350, 380, that's about what it's going to do. So, so what's your biggest yeah. amp the, or biggest alternator? Like if I were to just go on your website or whatever and order an alternator for my GM, obviously, uh, what do we drive around here? Tahoe's everybody's got a tahoe so right. i need a tahoe alternator so that's going to be a big case gm yeah. we rate those, all right uh, i rate about 350 they do 370 to 380 peak but like i say i underrate all that stuff but they hold up at that if you try to make them do more and put adjustable regulator and crank stuff up they're they're whatever longevity is a lot shorter well it also has to do with duration how hard you run it if you're sitting at idle running the piss out, it's not going to last as long, obviously. But if you're driving it and you're paying attention to what you're doing, they last a lot longer. But that duration makes these things heat up. Mm-hmm. I've seen guys just melt this stuff. We get them in there melted. They would, it broke. Alternate can't burn out if it isn't functioning. It has to actually work in order to burn out. I go, huh? But yeah, that's, that's yeah. not pointing fingers, pal, but it's burnt out. You know? I, I'm just saying the DB drag guys, because I'm a DB drag guy. Obviously, I'm a judge and whatnot. But I'm All just right. saying our DB drag guys, we tend to be on the little bit on the extreme side of things we do to our cars, whether it's oh, yeah. building them, uh, alternators, amplifiers, batteries, um, you know, all that stuff. We do the extreme end of all that, obviously. Right. So, um, yeah, so yeah, I, James, I, go ahead. Uh, no, do you remember the death match? They used to have yep. death match. Well, we had one this we year won. at World Finals. Oh, uh, at which World Finals? Both of them. So, but the one in the West Coast, uh, on the, the East Coast, we did a death match at the World Finals. It was like a 142 uh-huh. or something like that. Um, or 145, and the guy says he was only quarter volume or whatever. He won right. um, on the West Coast. Uh, so what happened was is Wayne would go out and audition the vehicles. So we had 
Ray Maestas, and we had Lucky McGovern. We had Josh uh -huh. K2 and Moses Martinez. Uh, Moses Martinez. So uh -huh. Moses, he just picks the wrong song and doesn't do it right. <laughs> so, but he he's very capable of doing in the fifties. Um, All right. And but Lucky and Ray. The last two minutes, literally every like three seconds, it would change lead. It'd be like, just like uh, right. Lucky would be a one fifty point three or one fifty one point three, and then Ray would be a one fifty one point four, and then a couple three seconds, one fifty one five. You know, and right. they just kept going up and up and up until Lucky all of a sudden the magic smoke came out of the back of his truck. <laughs> <laughs> no fire. I've seen a few. No, no, fire. no, no, no. Actually, no, no fire. It. it was smoke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he he yeah. Uh, he fried a coil on his subs, and I mean, you know, you can only push those things so hard before they uh, right. start going sideways and rubbing, and then poof. Yeah, right. So, so back the years back when they were running them, we won almost every single death match. I mean, every place there were like three or four that whatever had other you know equipment in their vehicles but that was fun to watch i tell you that was a blast <laughs> what'd you think of the death match this year dave uh it was it was great um it was it was fun i think i think that's what really got the crowd pumped right it does everybody too. it was it was everybody was there everybody was filming um i was actually help blocking for lucky um but it was great i think i think that should be something that we kind of do more often so so uh, i i used to do it at all my 1x shows and i would actually be, bring like a three foot or a four foot trophy for the winner of deathmatch um and it would be a deathmatch winner uh but um people started complaining about it and whatnot so we just kind of let it go i may bring it back for all my multi-point events next year I think that's reasonable because I don't have a mm -hmm. ton of multi-point events. And so um, unlike some of the other judges, I only do, you know, three or four multi-point events a year. Uh, you know, maybe right. maybe five at most. But I try and keep the multi-points down because that way it gives them value when they do come up. All right. So that's a little something I do different than some of the other judges around. And, you know, and I'm doing 24 to 35 shows a year, which is way more than – any other judge in the world does. Oh yeah, that's a lot of shows. That is, uh, we're, we're very fortunate here in California. Our show season literally is 12 months a year. Uh, we <laughs> slow down in the end of October, beginning of November. We usually don't have very many shows in that time frame, and then right. you know, in October we start doing, or uh, November we start doing our Toys for Tots. November, December. Uh, January, we have one or two shows. And then February, we usually have Autorama. And then um, come March is usually maybe one show. And then May, June hit. And it we're four or five shows That's a week. Uh, four or five shows yeah. a month, you know. All right. So Yeah, it gets pretty crazy around here at times. Uh, mm -hmm. Everybody's throwing show. Uh, James White says, uh, tell Tom hi for me. <laughs> okay, cool. Hey James, hey, so, a good guy. So I do have a question for you. Um, right. What? So he he mentioned he make you make the baddest ass hairpin. What's a hairpin? Okay. Well, it's the design of the instead of like round wire, the round on the stator. Uh huh. There you. It's uh, it's more of a rectangular shaped wire, but it, it's done by robots. But the wire is like perfectly. It's it 
it's the same all the way around. It's very uniform and stuff. And they're made by some really smart guys got together and put these hairpin alternators together. The wires are so close, they almost touch, but it uses the, it maxes out the efficiency of the alternator. Because they work so, they have lower cut on, turn on speed. They, the power, they, the max power out of an alternator. Years ago, you, you couldn't get, we're getting 300 amps out of an alternator now. You couldn't get 100 amps out of that size alternator 15 years ago. So it's newer technology and it's really, really come a long way. So, so, so it's so, a triangle, right? Like this. So you got a triangle. So, and then they fit interlock. And then because it does it add more surface area so you can stuff more wire to create more amperage? Is that the basic? Well, measure? it's actually rectangular wire. Oh, it's rectangular. It's rectangular, so right? It's, okay, so it's, it's so flat close wound. you think it's touching, right? So, right. so it's similar to the flat wound we do in speakers, then, because we use yes, the flat round yes. wound aluminum. Right, right. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah, it is similar to that. Okay. So, so, what 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 are the different types of alternators? I know you say hairpin. What's what are the other ones? I I. For the hairpin, it's just a round wire, and it's kind of randomly wound on there. And those, they're kind of alternators of the past. So you still have to build them for certain units, just because you can't get anything else on the car. But really, right now, it's the hairpin alternators is pretty much the whole industry is doing those, unless they're doing a old style something. You can't do anything else with them. But yeah, the hairpin is definitely the, <laughs> the where most of the industry is at right now. So is it just the hairpin or is there other modules that have to be changed versus the old style? Well, it's the, it's built as a unit. So all, all okay. the parts have to correspond the rotor okay. that spins. Cause these the hairpins have 72 slots in them. And uh, the older wound uh, alternators have like a 36 slot. So hairpins actually twice, twice as much. <laughs> power it's inductive power basically so there's actually the newer hairpin the way we're building them it's actually two alternators in one you can burn out half that alternator and the other side will still it'll keep working oh. so it's similar to a dual output there you go so that 72 slots and then you have more slots on the the rotor has more poles north and south poles on it so, so that's that's actually pretty cool uh, comparison. So when I was getting involved with amplifiers, uh, me and a handful of our friends were building bridging modules before bridging modules were a thing. And right. we were able to start linking amplifiers together before. I mean, we were back with uh, working with Robert Zeff. Uh, you know, I don't know if you remember the 9K that he came out with, which was two 4.0s that we linked together right, bridge, right. yeah so and that was like one of the first bridging ones and we were able to create some uh some badass bridging modules that you can literally unlimited amplifiers into that but we right. started with that technology and it was all external to the amplifier then it became right. internal to the amplifier and then right. from there now we have these amplifiers that are just I mean, just insane, you know, because we were looking at 1,500 watts back then, and we were able to bridge them to create these 3,000-watt amps and these 4,500-watt right. amps and stuff like that. And, and I could see absolutely 100% the alternator world going that same way, right? Because right. you're, you're starting with oh, this, yeah. you know, it, 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 and it's it makes it cool it's a, and exciting that you're on right. the forefront of 
building these newer technologies. Right, it's a, it's an evolution of the industry. Yeah, they just keep going. Yeah, and it just keeps going. I mean, I don't see an end to it, but you never know what's going to detect tomorrow's technology. Yeah. You have no idea what's going to come, you know, around the corner, but there's something going on. So, so with tomorrow's technology, where do we sit with, uh, like, these Teslas? So where I live, in my neighborhood, there's probably 100 Teslas, okay? I know, but I live right next to the Tesla plant. So, and everybody that lives in my neighborhood works for Tesla. That's why there's probably 100 of them. <laughs> okay. So, <clears throat> but... <clears throat> With that being said, I know Nathan Munson just bought a Tesla, and you know they're starting to branch out. And uh, GM just made an announcement; they're going to start a whole line to compete with Tesla. Um, and they're not, and Tesla's not the only brand out there uh, making all electric right. cars. So where do the alternators fit in that kind of world? Well, if they're all electric, the alternators are out the window. If, if it's a hundred percent electric car, if it's a hybrid where they got you know gas over electric, you know they're spinning something. But as far right now, the electric cars they either tap off the batteries they have because most of them are forty eight volt, right. so they tap in to get their twelve volt or what have you. And, but I haven't seen a lot of success in that stuff as of yet. Yeah, because they're still. But they charge you plug the car in to charge it. Uh, so it's out there. here, I, I live in uh, California. As we like to okay. call it, so uh, so your tax right. do your tax dollars at work, you know, uh, they hit me up for a fairly good chunk of my change every year. I believe my effective tax rate last year was in the thir high thirty percent. So, um, but with that's that being said, my, was that where all my parts are still waiting? Out the, outside out, of out LA, the ocean. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the parts. They're out so, the ocean. They're on a boat. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but all all over around here, their uh, charging stations are free. So, I, oh, I don't really? know of any of them that charge out here. Um, and that's that's one of the incentives of them. Their theft from me, taking my tax dollars. Uh, they thieve it from me and give it to uh, these other companies to put in these. Uh, <laughs> these charging stations at no cost right. to the uh, car owner, you know? All right. Right. Yeah. Um, we got a couple of questions in okay. here. Good. Um, uh, Ted, Ted Reeves is asking, will we ever see more amps 500 plus? Uh, sounds like you probably need a new bench tester if you're going to get that. Um, and then, uh, well, you can answer that one first. Well, it depends on duration. You can, as of, oh, you'll probably see them, but they're going to have to physically be bigger in size. So they got to, I mean, there is stuff that goes on industrial equipment, railroad equipment, or a lot of big military stuff or Greyhound buses. They're physically huge in size. So there is stuff that does 500 amps, but you got to make it fit your car. <laughs> so as far as the size, the alternator coming down to fit, you're better off putting two alternators on in most cases to you know get that higher amperage. Uh, or instead of a blower out the hood, you can that's what I was gonna say. That's what I was. <laughs> dude, I can imagine like a big old turbo sticking out, but it's an alternator. <laughs> and, and Matt with MTX did uh, what the heck was that car? He had two alternators that were it was cut away. They were over the hood. They were uh, they were visible. Yeah, Forget they, that they had that in their booth at CES. I I remember uh, seeing that. That right. was a pretty cool. Do you know uh, Dan Blue Ghost? Boy, that's a very familiar name. He he makes all these custom uh, alt brackets for a lot of people. Oh okay. Oh yeah, the blue ghost. Right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, I didn't know if you'd ever. I, I know of him. I've actually got. I got his 
paperwork sitting on my desk. What happened was we got so busy and I've been having problems with getting employees that want to work for more than three months and get them in, you train them and they're gone, you know? You don't know anything about that, do you, Dave? Oh, heck no. But I just ended up working a lot of extra hours this summer. We did, we had a phenomenal year. It was unbelievable. Didn't you tell them you're too old to work that many hours? Who, me or him? Yeah, you, Tom. (laughs) Dave's still a spring chicken. age? Yeah, right. Now, what are you going to do? Go home and sit around? I mean, I love my job. Hey. I, I really enjoy doing this stuff. Hey, 100% with you. So <laughs> so check this out. So my, my daughter came and visited. First time in, I believe, six years, I've had all three of my kids in the house at one time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I brought my wife to tears. My babies are going to be finally home. My youngest is 21. My oldest is <laughs> roughly 30, right? So, you know, so our kids are up and gone. They're all over the country. And uh, so we had them all home for uh, Thanksgiving this year. And, um, yeah, my my kids are like, Dad, do you ever stop? Why? Just sit around and watch TV? That's boring as hell. I I live on a lake. I go outside. I'll go fishing. I'm not fishing. I go bowling. I'm not bowling. I'm doing car show stuff, right? You know, um, I'm not a big sit-around-the-house kind of guy. And it drives my wife nuts sometimes. Uh, that's that's where I'm at. I like moving. Yes. So that once in a while, I'll take a weekend off and sleep for a day or something just to <laughs> recharge my batteries. But for the most part, I'm always working. Yeah. Do you uh, do you have another question here? Just trying to hit these questions for people. Yeah. Uh, someone asked, "Do you uh, do custom alts for civics?" Uh, yeah, it depends on what year and model. But I do have a version of alternators where we actually. And it depends. Some of them are just too small. They're the size of a donut, and they're hard to do anything with. <laughs> but a lot of those smaller alternators, I actually buy the alternator. I just use the front housing, and I machine it out, and I put the back end of another alternator on it. And a lot of the Hondas, like depending on what your model or what have you, they could, they could give us a call on it. But I do a lot of the Hondas, Toyotas, Nissans, Mazdas, stuff that no one else will touch them because they are technical. Says, uh, the guy says a 99 SI. Uh, he says he currently has a 185 amp. So what would uh, you, you know, what's the biggest you could build for something like that? Is that 185 the max size or? Oh, uh, no, probably high? around 260 to 270. Well, we would do that, but I would still, yeah, 99, so that's probably a 1.6 or a 1.8 motor. Yeah, the newer ones. So, so, but, so yeah. how would he get in contact with you? That That's a great oh, question. Oh, yeah, Harry. call Ohio Generator. I might need my phone number. Uh, yeah, but sure, throw it out there. Uh, 330-875-6677. Hold on, uh, say that again, and I'm going to put it in the chat. Oh, hold on a second. Ohio yes. Generator. Correct. Three three zero generators. Uh, ret- oops. Uh, no S one. Uh, three three zero. <laughs> Go ahead. Eight seven five. Eight seven five. Six six seven seven. Oops. Uh, six six seven seven. All right. All right there Please. you go. Or OhioGen.com. Yep. Uh, yeah, James White, yeah. throw that uh, yeah. Jamie's White, just threw that right yeah. in there. He's like, hey, here you All go. Right. Bam. Hey, um, hey, Tom, I have a funny question for you. I was just curious. Is it, has anybody ever told you you look like Paul from Orange County Choppers? <laughs> He's got the stash. 
<laughs> well, kind of, sort of. I've been called a lot worse, so, but yeah, I've, been, <laughs> I've had a couple of people make that comment. But... I'm just curious, you know, you have, you have all the bikes, and then I actually pulled up a picture up here on my other screen. I was like, oh, okay. Wait, there's some resemblance yeah. there. Oh, yeah, that's my cousin now. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so Corey actually has a question here that I was going to hit uh -huh. you with next. So, I've been, um, so I was a physics major in college. And uh, I found a new YouTube. Um, I found a new YouTube uh, thing that I'm a big fan of, and uh, and it, it's basically just lectures. Uh, but I always like to learn, and I'm driving. You know, I drive three to four hours a day, uh, so I'm always in my car and I'm listening to stuff. And uh, so I've been learning about diodes, um, or not diodes, but uh, superconductors and all that. Where Man, it's amazing the th technology and how those things work. So this guy actually just brought up, uh, what what are your thoughts on using diodes to raise voltage? Well, we've been doing that for 30-some years. Okay. It's, it, you can do that on, we used to just use a resistor. If, if the alternator has a sense wire coming out of it on the regulator plug, we used to put a resistor in line on that. We did that on GM cars back in the late 60s, early 70s. <laughs> And it would kick the voltage up. Right. But then we started using a diode because it works as a resistor. But when you turn the key off, it stops the backflow of current. Right. So it actually, so the, the diodes work good. You just have to make sure it works good for your system. So I've seen people put too many diodes, get the voltage too high, and then the car doesn't run right or nope. the amps clip out or it's, you know, it's not about. ECM goes bye-bye. Oh, yeah, there's all sorts of things that can happen. But as long as you do your homework, uh, those work great. There you go. Uh, you catching any other ones in here? I see Brian Nyman posted in here. Like I said, Jamie's White. Is, is that James? Yeah, James. James yeah, yeah, he just spells it different. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's uh, the, the one I met up in uh, Oregon. Ted right. Reeves posting in here. Some guy named Dave Bradshaw's in here. Cedric Wu. <laughs> what do you think of uh, externally regulated? Well, it depends on the situation, what you want the car to do. But for most vehicles, if it's your daily driver and, you know, you, it's a weekend warrior type thing, I don't really, you know, uh, recommend adjustable regulators because that ex mostly external regulators are adjustable is kind of right. what they're getting at with that. So it just depends on the situation. You know, they work good on a lot of vehicles and others. The problem is people sit, they try to turn the voltage up when they're in a dead idle and they just overload the alternator. You have to turn the RPMs up a little too. I mean, it's like a limo or a, like an ambulance will pull up to a scene. They push a button, it speeds the motor up. Right. They can do whatever they want. Car audio, they just want to crank the voltage and not turn those RPMs up. They screw up emission controls, O2 sensors go bad, they blow stuff up and they blame everybody else. But you have to, the, you got to do the whole thing if you want it to work right. Yep. It's duration at that point, how long you run it. Because I've seen people, a 4.3 GM, I've seen more than one person blow the head gaskets on them. I'm sitting idling too long. <laughs> Just don't heat the motor. Yep. Uh, hey, if, yeah, so. if any of them ever owned a, a VW, they would know not to sit idle. Right, you know, air cooled they, cars uh, do not like uh, to be sat idle. Oh heck no, no they do not. <laughs> but, no, that that's all good stuff. Um, uh, 
I do have one comment to make. Oh, go ahead. As people say on how to test alternators, never, never, never pull a battery cable off the car when your engine's running. What that does is an old school, pull the cable if the car keeps running, the alternator works. Well, as soon as you put it back on, well, when you pull it off, the vault, the alternator thinks the battery went dead. It goes into its highest rate of charge. Mm -hmm. As soon as you put it on, there's a voltage spike or transient spike, and it blows all sorts of crap up. And on a newer Cadillac, you can do three to $6,000 damage from spiking out your computer. Whoa. So whoever says to do that, don't do that. That is how to ruin your car. So, but, I, you know, I... I have a question. I no, I was driving my CRX this weekend. I, uh -huh. I drove it was working fine. I have the power wire going directly back to my uh, lithium battery. Um, when I started it, it uh, would idle fine, you know, and everything was charging. As soon as I revved the engine, it popped the breaker in the back. And when it was charging on the on the voltmeter, it said 12.3. As soon as it popped the breaker to where there was no power going from the alt to it, my lithium battery voltage meter went to 15.2 or 15.1. And is I'm just curious, is that the alt is going straight back to my right. battery? That's what starts my so car. I did a bypass. So is something happening yeah. with my yeah, but are you bypassing up front between the yeah. alternator and the rear batteries? Yeah, I did a, a, um, I did a battery delete. Just so right. I my the well, here's the answer. You need to go from the alternator to the battery and back up front because you're reading the voltage in between the battery and the alternator. So you got the alternator and the battery and you're sampling the voltage there. The vehicle's supposed to pick it up after the battery. So that's why the voltage goes funny. It's it, was, it was it was fine when I when I took it up to finals and everything, it fourteen eight everything right. nothing happened. I let it sit for two weeks, and uh, now it's What's popping the breaker when I started, and then when I idled it and I went to drive it, it popped the breaker again, right. and it's just going straight back. So I was just curious. It didn't know if the alternator was throwing something or it's sensing out. the it's sensing the voltage in the wrong spot. Hmm. Supposed to set that voltage after the battery, not between the battery and the alternator for no, the vehicle. It is actual voltmeters on top of the battery. Right. But the, yeah, but your battery deletes between the alternator and the battery. Easy have the battery. No, no actually, actually the, the, the all is going all the way to the back. And there's right. a battery delete, one that would go to the stock battery at front. That's just on some wood on post just to keep them separated. So there is no battery up front. That's why I, I'm just curious because this happens. Right. But where's the, the front of the vehicle, the wires that used to go to the battery, what are they connected to? Uh, to a post mounted on some wood taped up so it doesn't so touch they're, anything. They're, they're, uh, so it's an open circuit. So it's, uh, mm. it's connected to an open circuit. Yeah. But I wasn't having any problems for months. For months, nothing happened. I didn't have no issues. And then all of a sudden, just started doing this this weekend. And I was just wondering if the alternator was sending a surge to the battery or something, and it was popping a uh, 300. Yeah, how, how, how is the rest of the vehicle getting its voltage to run like your accessories? Are you uh, running a wire back to the front from the rear yeah. battery? Um, yeah. There's actually uh, the power um, that's going from the alternator uh, to uh -huh. where go to the first battery that's deleted uh, right. there's still power being redirected 
up front to those wires. All right, but it's got to go to the rear battery, then back up front. Yeah, it's got to be after that battery. Yeah, it can't be at the back. It can't be in line between the alternator and the battery because that's a lot. That's an issue we deal with almost daily. Okay, there's sensing the. So it's taste. It's sampling the voltage, but it's on its way from front to back. It's actually got to be after the battery is where it's supposed to sense it, because that sensing tells the regulator what to do. It was just odd because it, it ran fine for months and months. I drove it to the Bay Area back, never had anything. So I sat it for two weeks, and then as soon as the battery started, got real low, when... actually, you know what? It did. It actually went dead. <laughs> I charged it up, and. It's it's fine now. It's sitting at fifteen. Oh yeah, if the battery goes real low because that for that circuit breaker to blow it, what's it like a three hundred amp or two fifty yeah, amp? Yeah, it's one of those breaker fuses that pop. Right. And you yeah. The little switch. They right. pop yeah. that when I rev yeah. it up. Yeah, that oh. sounds like the battery went way down. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's uh, good. I mean, that's part of what we do this for is to help get people learn. Um, you know, uh, he's been doing this. Tom's been doing this a very long time. He's got a wealth of knowledge for you guys that, uh, uh, you know, have questions for him. If, Like I said, if you have any more questions, you can hit us up in the chat right here, uh, either on Facebook or on YouTube. Well, we also accept donations. Just so you guys know, we take tips for the host. That's uh, Venmo at SonicFX, S-O-N-I-C-F-X, and Cash App, dollar sign SonicFX. As Lucky likes to say, no $100 is too small. So we'll take we'll <laughs> take any Since Lucky's tips. not here, I'll take his cut today. <laughs> <laughs> uh so but anyway so just uh want to put that out there remember we have a link for our cash app and also our um venmo in the description of all of our live feeds uh remember always smash the like button the thumbs up the heart button and the angry face to help us get more traction if you're watching or listening to this on youtube smash the like button share and uh, comment if you comment outside of the live feed itself it gives me more traction on youtube to help try and grow that channel also so i appreciate you guys doing that and helping us out the whole idea behind what we're doing here is try to get more people involved in car audio if we don't grow we die smash that angry button <laughs> i saw a bunch of angry buttons go up yeah um, that was uh, when can we pay our 2022 member DB drag membership on term pro? You can go and do that right now. Uh, it is available. Uh, I don't know what else, but I do know somebody called me and asked and I walked them through it and it was available on the website. So you can go uh, to the term pro website to do is, it. Is the rule book going to uh, be available with it? Cause I know usually when you pay it, they mail and everything. So, so they stopped doing that about two years ago. Um, they don't mail the rule book anymore. It is just a online version. Mm. So, and obviously they're going to have a lot of pictures. They usually have like this picture right behind me right here. That was one of the pictures used in the rule book a couple of years ago. So we try to use pictures from the East coast location and the West coast location to try and, you know, spread the love of all the people, um, that participate. doesn't matter if you're on the East or on the West. If you love car audio, you enjoy to compete. Go out, have fun, do what you love to do. Um, 
part part of how you uh, get louder and how you uh, make a better system, stronger system, you got to start with power. You cannot use one of those 30,000 watt amps if you can't provide it with power. You need alternator, then you need batteries. Because if you have batteries that you can't charge, they don't do you any good. So Sounds like you need an Ohio generator. All right. Well, here's my rule of thumb. You need 70 amps for every 1,000 watts that you're actually using at a given moment. And that number is real close. It's been picked up by engineers and you name it. That number's with today's technology. I'll throw the kicker in there. <laughs> but that number is real close. So you want to put 30,000 watts in your car with a 300 amp alternator, you're better off going to 10,000. It'll be louder because you're just, it's so inefficient. Yep. I cut, it's like putting four different size tires on your car. It'll still go down the road, but it ain't going to go down the road very good. You so match up question, the tires and line it up, and it'll go down the road a whole lot better. So, so question with that. Um, mm -hmm. I see a lot of guys going with C-Max, <clears throat> a lot right. of C-Max, and they don't run that many alternators, but uh, the right. discharge rate is um, – the was a C rating or whatever it is, a discharge rate is better, right? So, is that a, a good combination if you don't have room for alternators? Is it go to a better? Uh, it depends on what you're building the vehicle to do. I mean, if you're some guy, if you're just burping it, that's a great combination. You can just charge the batteries and burp it. It doesn't even need yeah. to be hooked to an alternator. But if you're trying to get that longer duration, then you've got to do the math on it. My yeah. guys running C Max have two alternators. One to run the car at the lower voltage, and then they're running 15 and a half or whatever to the C Max. And, you know, they split it up so they're not that high voltage isn't going through their vehicle either. A lot of vehicles don't like high voltage. You get over 15 volts, some cars will, they won't even, they won't run right. Mm -hmm. So, and that's no, the homework. You, you got to, when you own a car, you got to figure out what it's, what is the factory voltage set point on the vehicle you own. Because there's 65,000 part numbers on alternators right now. <laughs> I don't know the answer to every one of them. <laughs> right? All right. So. Hey, what, real quick, before we get too far into this, I want to bring up this weekend in Fresno, because I really only work with the West Coast guys. We'll start uh, talking about shows again next week. Um, but... Uh, this weekend in Fresno, there's an IASCA, USAC, or it's a multi-org event. They do not have DB Drag at that event, but they do have a Toys for Tots down in Fresno at Ray Aragon Shop. That's on Saturday. Uh, then the following Sunday, we're going to be at the best Toys for Tots in the whole country, Nyman uh -huh. Shop. Um, and, uh, you know, Tom, I know you've never been, but um, the – the Toys for Tots, this was actually how we started Toys for Tots with DB Drag. I started doing them for uh, Brian Nyman at his parents' shop, and um, I was like, Wayne, hey, man, do you want to kind of, like, throw in towards this, you know, just, like, waive the fee or whatever? And that's how we kind of started the Toys for Tots thing. And right. now this is the 12th consecutive year we've had a Toys for Tots at Nyman's. COVID didn't even stop us. He gets two trailer fulls that he takes out to the Shriners children's uh, of uh, of just toys. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's absolutely awesome uh, what we do. The, the guys that compete, Dave and the Team Send It guys, um, not, not necessarily just them, but um, we have Team SSC. And all these guys come out, uh, Bill and Melissa Johnson come out with their dogs. Uh -huh. um, and, dude, uh, they don't bring cheap toys. 
when we're sending right. stuff off to the to the Shriners and uh, the battered women's shelter, we have RC cars, we have drones, we have nice bicycles. Mm-hmm. Um, for mm-hmm. girls, for boys, we have Barbie houses. I mean, we aren't sending them junk toys, um, right. and and it is it is absolutely one of the best shows that we have all year long. Um, participation's high. We have hot cocoa out there. Um, who is it? Napa pro- provides stuff for us to sell. Walmart does uh, for us to raffle off. And a lot of times, people win that raffle and then they just give it back to the kids. Um, yeah. we have, yeah. I mean, you know, bring hundreds of dollars with you, uh, for the raffle. Cause all that money goes out to the kids. Also, we have Mr. And Mrs. Claus there for, uh, taking pictures, which I'm sure you'd be a great stand in for Mr. Claus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> You're already there yeah, with the white hair. Chance to come out here, you have a chance to come out here and, 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 and be a part of it. It's a great thing. Nyman. And his team, DC Audio uh, members, uh, they they do a awesome uh, event. It's really good cause. It's a great outturn or uh, turn outcome. Yeah, yeah. No, outcome. it's, turn it, it's outcome. awesome. <laughs> the the very first year we did it, I had a minivan and I filled that thing front to back with stuff, and that was our first year. Um, and now it's just it's grown so exponentially now that uh, there, there's right. no parking spots. I, I, you know, we start at 10 a.m. by 9:30. If you weren't there, you ain't parking. You're gonna have to park <laughs> down the road. You know. Yeah, I think I think if it gets any bigger, Nime is going to have to uh, have a shuttle service <laughs> to get you to the event. You know. That's so, cool. No, that's it, great. And, yeah, it, it, it's an, a totally awesome event. Uh, his parents go all out for it. They make little uh, Santa's Village, you know, for the pictures. And, um, it, it, it is really cool. Um, I, I just, like I said, that's that's one of my favorite shows of the year, obviously. Uh, I, I do it at free, no cost, obviously. Um, you know, part of the deal with the Toys for Tots is I can't accept any money. I never would. Uh-huh. And if I did get some money, it goes right back to what we're doing with the cause. Um, it's also for somebody just watching or catching this on the audio or watching it back on YouTube or whatever, that event will be Sunday the 12th. And I'll tell you right now, if you never competed before, this is the best opportunity you'll ever have. It costs you a $20 toy. We don't give out trophies because that, uh, that way we aren't spending money on the event. Money goes all back to the kids, but you just bring yourself a $20 toy. It's an opportunity. You can do base race. You can do top dog. You can do cyclone. You want to try a new class, bring an extra toy, try a new class. It's a $20 toy per class. It's, I mean, I can't even, uh, I'm going to have so many pictures. I'm going to send you guys all the information, but it's, um, yeah, I, I just can't explain how well that event is run every year. You know, year after year, 12 years running. So, um, but we are running up on the hour. Uh, I want to give Tom his, uh, you have any last thoughts and, um, you know, anything to help tell people where to meet with you and get a hold of you and find yourself. Well, yeah, the OhioGen.com, and then we got a form you can fill out there. They've got any technical questions, you know, they call. A lot of times you got to leave a message for to get me to call them back because I'm usually <laughs> doing, I'm running all over the place in here. Yeah. But uh, at this time of year after Halloween, it does kind of die down to like whatever about beginning of like January, February, where it kicks back in a little bit. But it doesn't really, 
<laughs> it hasn't slowed down a bit. To tell you the truth, we've been this year has been a banner year for us. That's great for so, business. Oh yeah, yeah it is. Um, I have one last question for you. I don't know okay. if, how well you you will answer it because I don't know. Uh, but what is your definition of a base head? Yes. Now you're looking at him. <laughs> 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 yeah, we start out younger. Yeah, when I was a younger in age, man, I'd get in my car, crank that stereo as loud as it could go. And just sit there, yeah, this is fun. As you get older, you kind of turn it down a little bit and you get too old now, you're on, you know, whatever talk radio. But anyhow, it's just, <laughs> it's just that, you know, that love to hear, feel that you feel the music, you hear it, your car shakes, and you piss everybody off in the neighborhood, of course. But that's. <laughs> I think that's probably one of the best answers I've heard. <laughs> yeah, we, we asked that of all our guests. So. Oh, is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, so, that, yeah, I mean, you just, I don't know, you just can't get too much sometimes. I don't know. I would agree with that. All right, Dave, any last words from you, sir? No, that is it. That was a great answer. Thanks, Tom. Okay. Right. That was good. Good talking to you guys. It was right. good. I'm and then uh, for me, once again, check out our uh, YouTube channel. That'd be uh, This Week in Car Audio is the YouTube channel. Uh -huh. um, I changed the name to it. So if you guys want to see, you can see all the old episodes. You can also pick okay. us up on iHeart, iTunes, Apple, uh, Podbean. If I'm missing anything and you want me to add it to the list, you just uh, email me or text me or message me. Let me know. And I will get that on the streaming platforms also. Uh, another thing we need to do is I need to get to a thousand members on YouTube. So guys, help me out. Get me as many people as you can. Join my YouTube group. Once I get to a thousand members, I can start uh, monetizing my YouTube page. So guys, help me out there if you would, please. We're only at like 290. Um, we put on all our events live at every show. You can see us on Facebook, on Sonic FX. That's where we, we I broadcast all my events live on that page. I'm going to start broadcasting them on YouTube also since now I have this whole setup going on. Uh, let's see. We got next weekend. We have Fresno. The weekend after that, we'll be in Sacramento. Uh, we'll start getting on that. I need some East Coast guys, any East Coast competitors out there that would love to be on the This Week in Car Audio or somebody have a suggestion, please hit me or Lucky up in our uh, DMs or you can email or um, text me. My number is the easiest number to find on the Internet. Just look up Doug Stockton and my number will pop right up. Phone number. Uh, my phone number is on Facebook. I am the easiest guy in the world to find. So if you guys have a West Coast competitor, Lucky says he wants to uh, talk to a competitor next week because me talking to all these smart guys kind of makes him feel like he ain't smart. So, <laughs> so he says, well, I'm going to move over and show you my banner. Yeah. Says, what's, what's up? up? Yeah, that's I it. like that. So well, Lucky um, would like that. That's lots uh -huh. of watts. Lots of yeah. watts. That's Lucky's that's brand. Right. Lots of there watts. You go. Um, there you go. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, hey guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for sitting in, Dave Bradshaw with Team Send It. Uh, if you guys got any more things to uh, get, uh, just email or call uh, Tom and his group over at Ohio Generators. If you're a dealer, how would they find out? Do they do the same thing? Go to the website and register yeah. to the website to become a yeah, just or dealer? just call us. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so get so get with uh, them and uh, become a dealer and show you know uh, show the guys who 
come on here and explain stuff. Obviously, we get, we try to get the best quality guys we can. As you've seen with all, we've had Kip on here. We yeah. had Tom. We had the uh, gentleman from uh, from uh, what was Matt. the one last week? Thanks, Matt. Matt. Yep, we yeah. had Matt last week. Um, you know, uh, Scotty uh, Scotty Johnson coming up. Nick yeah. in, with Incriminator. So, I mean, we, we do definitely try and get the best quality people so that they can explain their products and whatnot. So, uh, competitors, let's hear some competitors. We'll get some competitors on here. They don't have to be a world champion. They just have to be around for a while and understand what they're doing because I'd love to d start discussing box design with a handful of people, and that would be really where I'd like to see next. Um, <laughs> Diamond says he can come on next week. Diamond's always ready to come on. Uh, all right, guys. I want to thank you guys once again. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to This Week in Car Audio. Uh, thank you, Tom. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Lucky, hope things get better for you, dude, and check in with us next week. Uh, but anyway, we are out. Sex next out week. Yep, next week, Monday, 6 p.m. California time. We'll be back live with This Week in Car Audio. Whoa, whoa.